Welcome to the Tips for Lawyers podcast. This is Chris Hargraves from tipsforlawyers.com and today we're going to have a little bit of an explore once again of a few words from Uncle Andrew. Uncle Andrew is our main protagonist in my latest book, In Practice, Moving Beyond Law School Theory, which you can have a look at at www.inpracticebook.com. That will take you to the various places in which you can pick up your copy. And today, I wanted to give you a little bit of a sample of what kind of thing you could expect if you were to pick up your own copy of the In Practice book. The relevant part of this particular book concerns some working hours. And really what it comes down to is just what does work-life balance mean? Just what are we talking about when firms promise work-life balance? And what is the reality of legal practice? Because I think there's a little bit of a polite fiction we started telling ourselves, and that's certainly Uncle Andrew's view, but I would encourage you to express a view as well. So what is the true situation? We're going to have a look at Uncle Andrew's theory on work-life balance and about what he thinks so far as your working hours are concerned. And if you're in the legal industry, these thoughts might be of some interest to you. So let us begin. What you're about to hear is a chapter being one of the letters from Uncle Andrew to Thomas, his mentee, in the book In Practice, Moving Beyond Law School Theory. My dear Thomas, Thank you for delivering your written, if brief, report on your activities to me. Another day I might write to you about the use of the English language and how you might go about applying it to your reports instead of using whatever it was that you were endeavouring to use in your letter. For now, however, I wanted to draw your attention to an immediate problem in your career that, if allowed to continue unchecked, is likely to ruin you from the beginning. It is the issue of your work hours. I see that the firm you have started with has encouraged you to leave right on 5pm, as if somehow they are doing you a favour in making that suggestion. You have further indicated that this is the situation because, at first, you will not likely have too much work to do until they have built up your workload. Whatever benevolent reason your firm may have for this directive, it is misconceived. It is well known to me and to your parents that the lawyers who advance the fastest are those who spend the most time in the office. Here is what is happening when you leave at 5pm as invited. Everybody else is still there. And so, on the one hand, we have those around you who are seen to be busy, productive and present in the office at all times. They are available for the inevitable urgent calls that come in after hours, and when the senior partners walk around the office towards the end of the day, they will see who is there. And what will they get when they get to your desk? Nothing. They will not see you because you are not there, In fact, not only will they not see you, but they will likely never even realise who you are. If you were in charge of the allocation of complex work or decisions regarding promotions, ask yourself this. Would you promote somebody that you couldn't identify? Of course not. Instead, promotions and quality work will be given out to those who are studiously at their desks or actively in the office at all hours of the day. You will inevitably suggest that the lack of work at the present time is somehow connected to your early departure from the office. That is, of course, irrelevant. So that you are not deceived, you may take the truth as this. You must be present in the office for at least as many hours a day as the senior partners in your firm are. Your lack of work to do makes no difference. If you need to occupy yourself with what has become known as busy work, then you should do so. If need be, you can ultimately replace that with actual work, but really it doesn't matter for the purposes of achieving our particular goal at this time. 
The point of the exercise is not that you are actually doing anything so much as it is that you are seen to be working hard in the office. Since we have started on the concept of capacity for work, however, you should also remember that when asked about your capacity for work, you must always indicate that you are quite busy but could take on a little more. Do not stop to consider the precise accuracy of the statement in a given situation. The point is not to be precise in your answer, but to make it clear that, first, you are in demand and therefore busy, but next, that you are able to provide more value through taking on additional tasks if required. The statement is, of course, subjective, and therefore is not untruthful in any given circumstance, in case you were concerned about that. For these reasons, you may politely discard the invitation to leave at 5pm. Your presence in the office is important. As a final note, in researching the firm in which you now find yourself and the issues that I've addressed in this letter, I've noticed that they promote themselves of having work-life balance. That phrase is, of course, a polite fiction. A perfectly civil and politically correct one, to be sure. Indeed, if the firm did not promote their working conditions using that description, they would find themselves isolated from the greater legal community as perhaps the only firm in the country who did not do so. This is where you need to carefully consider what is being put forward here. Work-life balance is a phrase which has no identifiable meaning. Picture some scales if you can, the kind a grandmother uses with a fulcrum in the middle and balanced weights on either side. All work-life balance means is that both sides of the scales are even. Now this can be achieved in a number of ways. Think of your work as a large weight on the one side, then picture 50 other much smaller weights. It is those which sit on the other side, balancing out the scales against your work. And that is how it is with work-life balance that your firm promotes and you should adopt. The work component forms of itself a disproportionate weight towards how you should be allocating your time. The balance of your activities, when added together, will ultimately take similar proportion of your time and energy. However, work is the predominant factor in your life. And given how long your career will be, you would best get used to thinking that way now. I look forward to your next report. If you would confirm that you have understood my points about office hours, I would be obliged. Yours in retirement. Uncle Andrew. So what do you think? Is Uncle Andrew just a little bit sadistic? Is he realistic? Is he espousing the current view of work-life balance? Is it really just a polite fiction? Or is something that firms are actually aspiring to? I'd be interested in your comments. So you can head over to tipsforlawyers.com slash in practice if you want to get a copy of the book. Or you can head over to tipsforlawyers.com and Leave a comment on one of the articles there and let me know your thoughts. I look forward to hearing from you. That is the end of this Tips for Lawyers podcast episode, and I will be back with you very soon.